0: To the High Praises Church podcast. We hope you are blessed by today's sermon. I want to share with you from 1 Samuel 17, verse 33 through 37. Our title for today is Somebody Gonna Kill That Giant. I'll try to stay as close to my notes as possible. That may not be possible. I get a little carried away sometimes, and uh, but I'm going to try to stay close to them. And Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep. There came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. I went out after him, smote him, and delivered it out of his mouth. When he rose against me, I caught him by his beard, smote him, and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them. Now that's faith speaking there. Sin, he hath defied the armies of the living God. That's counting on a promise I'm about to share with you. And Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with thee. Father, help me to be anointed and focused as I share your word this morning. May your word go forth as an arrow shot from its bow. May it be wrapped in love and may it hit its mark. It's in Jesus' name I ask these favors. Amen and amen. As you're being seated, look at your neighbor and tell them you look good or they look good. And You look at a person that just told you that you look good and you reply by saying, I know. He was 9 to 13 feet tall, depending upon which author you're reading behind. And there he stood between two mountains in the land of Judah, or the land of praise, defying the army of Israel. To his enemies, he was an intimidating personality, but to David, Goliath was just a dead man walking. For David remembered a promise that God had given Abraham a thousand years earlier. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. See, when God makes a promise, he keeps his promise. God is a promise keeper. When God promised Abraham he would show him a land, God kept his promise. When God promised Abraham he would give the land to his seed forever, God kept his promise. When God promised Abraham he would make Abraham a great nation, God kept his promise. When God promised Abraham that he would become the father of many nations, God kept his promise. When God promised Abraham kings would come from him, God kept his promise. When God promised Abraham, I'll bless those who bless you, God kept his promise and continues to keep his promise. And when God promised Abraham, I will curse those who curse you, God kept his promise. So when David went out to fight Goliath, his faith was holding on to a thousand-year-old promise from God to Abraham, I will bless those who blesses you and I will curse those who curses you. If God promised you the city, get ready. He's going to give you the city. If God promised you revival, get ready for revival. If God promised you a miracle, get ready for a miracle. If God promised to bless you, get ready to be blessed. If God promised you he's going to bring your wayward son, and daughter back home, clean the bedroom out, get ready. They're on their way. They just don't know it yet. Give God an ovation of praise right there. Our oldest son Eric at the age of 13 left home Not 13 He was really more like 16 To me he was like 13 though He's my son I wanted to keep him as close as possible He went out into the world at about 16 or 17 Just did not want to follow the rules and That mom and dad had set for you know, The deal is you can do about whatever you want to do, son, as long as you can afford it. But I'm not going to pay for it. So that's the way you know you're not going to get you're not going to keep the automobile if you can't go by some rules. I'm not going to give you money every week, and I pay for your meals three times a day as we go out to eat. It's not going to continue like that. And he left. He became a deadhead. Anybody know what a deadhead is? Somebody that follows the grateful dead all over the country And he followed them all over the country He slept in the woods He slept under bridges In fact, later on when he came back to Christ He was in a conference with me and the general officials In the northeastern part of the state And I picked him up at the airport We rode by a bridge And he said, Dad, I remember sleeping under that bridge one day Or one night So he's out in the world and he's following the deadheads other deadheads. And we wanted our son back. Across the road from where our home is at is a forest that's about forty feet from our home. He would occasionally slip back into town, nuns been owing to in myself. He would go through that forest and he would sit down across the road from our home And he would say, oh God, how I would love to go back home And we would be on the other side of the road praying, oh God, bring our son back home We didn't know he was over there He would be on the other side saying, oh God, I wonder if mom and dad still love me We're on the other side praying, oh God, you know we love our son He's on the other side saying, oh, God, I wonder if they would forgive me if they knew where I'd been. We're on the other side praying, Father, we don't care where our son's been. All we ask is bring him back home. And when he's on the other side saying oh God I wonder he's talking to God even though he's not a Christian at that time. I wonder if they would accept me back if they knew the people that I'd been with. And we're on the other side saying to not even knowing he's saying that oh God we don't care who our son is with. Who he has been with. All we care about father is send our son back home. Bring our boy back home to us. He would get up And he would walk out that forest, and he'd go back out into the world. God willing, I'll share you the rest of that story a little later in the message. There's a giant that needs to be killed. It's the mentally ill Saul that is supposed to be facing that giant. Saul's a head taller than anyone else in Israel. He's the king of Israel. It's his job to fight the giant. But he has no nerve to fight the giant Because of two things One is the spirit of the Lord had departed from him We find that in the 15th chapter of this book You can do one thing with the spirit of the Lord That you're never able to do without the spirit of the Lord There's some things that when the spirit of the Lord comes upon you It's amazing what can be done But if the spirit of the Lord leaves you You cannot do it And that's where Saul was at And he's now about 60 years of age There's some things that at 60 years of age I'd never try when I like I would when I was 30. When I was 30, I thought I could conquer the world. I thought I could do anything. Now 60, I'm just dragging through the world. Really 63. There's Eliab, David's brother who's been the, who is the next tallest of Israel. If anybody's going to replace him, Samuel probably prophet thought this would be him he's the next tallest man in Israel he could be the next king that's when God said I don't look at stature and appearance I look at the heart of man hmm. Eliab's thinking somebody got to kill that giant if Saul doesn't do him kill that giant I'm going to have to fight that giant about that time David showed up at the battle with a colt and a cart it's amazing how David's family showed up with colts we read about another one later on in the Bible that he came down the Mount of Olives on Palm Sunday and they laid palm branches out in front of him, put cloaks out in front of him, and they, they shouted Hosanna and they invited him into Jerusalem. It just run into fam, uh, the family's DNA, it looks like. So Goliath the giant is called in the scripture the champion of the Philistines. That champion means middleman. One definition is middleman. So the Philistines had them a defying. Cussing middleman. Saul didn't have a middle man Abner his captain's not going to fight that giant for him David's brother's not going to fight that giant Saul's not going to fight that giant But if Israel's going to ever praise God again In the land of Judah or praise Somebody's got to kill the giant Somebody's got to fight the giant Now we all have giants creeping around us There's hate and envy and greed and bitterness and anger and lust jealousy, racism, disappointment you may have a few other giants you'd like to name and you may say I need a middleman." well I've got a word for the one that is a child of God you do have a middleman. he's called an intercessor and he's at the right hand of the father he's the one that turned the water into wine he healed the sons and daughters he fed the 5,000 he walked on the water he called the fish to the boat he opened blinded eyes he looked upon Jerusalem and he cried he personally converted 27 souls he rose from the dead and he ascended to the skies Your champion is Jesus Christ The undefeated champion of the world In the tomb the devil thought he had him beat But that was just a temporary setup. So David has arrived on the scene As is coming out to defy the army of Israel And curse God Timing with God can be impeccable I remember when we filled a little church That we pastored up And there was no parking And we needed to relocate and we bought 30 acres and it's one thing to buy 30 acres and convince a congregation to relocate I, you don't i hope you never have to go through that you got to motivate them you got to find ways to motivate them and i need i'm saying god i need you to help me motivate them to to relocate and so god sent me a walmart a walmart now i like going to walmart when they stayed open 24 hours a day i used to go in late at night I'm not one of those that had his pajamas on and the bunny ear rabbit uh, shoes on. That was not me, never, not me. But I, God sent me a Walmart four blocks from the church and the traffic just picked up in about, six, in, in about one month. Seven cars were wrecked by our church People shopping at Walmart trying to get through our parking, and, and one car was knocked into air and into trunk of another car. Explain that to a visitor, and uh, uh, and, and every time it would happen. I'd do what any good pastor would do. I'd run out to church when I heard the brakes and the crash, and I'd say, check the children. Are they okay? Any of them been hurt? Look under the car. How about our senior citizens? Check on our senior citizens. After a while, the church came to me and said, Pastor, we need to, we need to go ahead and build that church and relocate. I'd look at him and say, What? What you think we really should Oh we need to do that immediately pastor And so when I needed a Walmart Just in time God gave me a Walmart So David shows up Then when he shows up He hears what Saul is offering To anybody that will fight the giant Three things One is he said money, money Money motivates a lot of people Of course now if you're talking about a 13 foot giant I don't know if you can pay me enough for that and then the second thing was the king's daughter's hand in marriage. You kill the giant, you, get, you, you become a royalty. I don't know how you feel about it, but I'd have probably said, Can I see her? That's bad. I was bad, wasn't I? That would not have motivated me. But that third one, tax exemption for the rest of your life. About that time, I'd have said, I'm your huckleberry. You said tax exemption for the rest of your life. I don't know about you, but about this time every year when I write that check and send it to a woman named Iris that I've never met paying alimony, I'm telling, I, I, I get I, I don't like that one bit I'd have said yeah if you will give me tax Exemption I'll, I'll go up there and fight that Giant for you but but David does not, does not care about money he doesn't Care about the woman he doesn't care about Tax exemption the only Thing David cared about was God's honor this, this Giant this heathen this, this Enemy is disrespectful To our God When David was mocked at by his brothers And the soldiers he could have quit But he didn't because he didn't not care about his own glory or success all he cared about was God and God being honored and there's a giant that needs to be killed and David took offense of the giant talking about his God like that David went to Saul and he submitted his resume God had been preparing David all of his life for this fight God has been preparing you for your calling all of your life. It's just, are you prepared to do it and ready to do it? The lion attacked the lambs. David attacked the lion. The bear attacked the sheep. David attacked the sheep. The giant attacked his God. David was ready to attack the giant. But he also knew this, to be selected by God, you must be schooled by God and it's a process in solitude God trained David he sent him out to the fields to take care of sheep think of this you're out there and what do you do you take care of sheep you find grass some guys misread that right there it's not that kind of grass boys you find water for them you protect them from lions you protect them from bears and you're out there you're just isolated from everyone but here's the good news for you Here's good news. You 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 do not have to worry about God being able to find you when He gets ready to use you. That's right. That's right. Do you do? Let me share with you the three churches that I pastored. Well, really, I pastored four, but I signed myself to one of them in New Jersey. There was a need there. The first church they sent me to was nobody, nobody there. No, but not one person. When we left one year later, there was nobody there. Not one person. But let the record show that we did not split that church. <laughs> From there, they sent us to a church of 16. When we walked in, when we walked in, one of the ladies said, You can't turn any of us out, we're all kin. I said woman I just left church with nobody last thing in the world I want to do is turn somebody out I said I'll make a deal with you she said what's that I said you murder your husband tonight and I won't turn you out to church I'll start a prison ministry with you but they gave us a break that church got up to 140 when I came home and told Wanda we're going to land us how many people they got 20 we'll make 24 with our four That's hard to explain And we get there and My neighbor to town drunk comes out Could say an alcoholic but either way he was drunk And he says You won't be here long I said really? He said they've had 13 pastors in 12 years The alcoholic knew they had had 13 pastors in 12 years Churches must realize People are watching We must remember people are watching us And not only that The man man that worked for the city Came by to pick up my garbage I ran out because I want everybody From the uttermost to the guttermost in my church I want the members of my church And So I invited him to church And he said well I don't know why you're inviting me You won't be here long You've had a bad day when your prophet's an alcoholic and a garbage man. I said, why do you think I'll not be here? I'm not like all the other guys. He said, all 13 of them said the same thing. Three years later when Willie Brown walked down the center of the aisle or center aisle and went down to the altar and gave his heart to the Lord it was one of the greatest days of my life in the kingdom of God. He was, he was the man that picked up the garbage. He's the one that said I wouldn't be there. He accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I'll be honest with you. He lived so good. He lived better than half my members. They thought he was saved all along. I shouldn't have said that. That's bad. (laughs) Not only that, he paid his tithes. Worked with the city, paid his tithes. Not only that, he gave to my wife's children's ministry in the church. Had about 300 children in her children's church, about 40 boys. She'd done work with uh, uh, Billy Graham and PTL and a few other places. Every month he'd give to her class or her ministry... At least $250 a month. But guess what? Guess who is teaching children's church in that church now? It's Willie Brown's daughter. Now give God an ovation about that. So there's a giant that needs to be killed. David submits his resume. He's in solitude and through obscurity God trained him. He's the least of seven brothers. Monotony God molded David. The routine grind of going in, getting the sheep, bringing them out to the field, taking them back in, back and forth. What kind of life is that? What is God doing? He's getting David ready for bigger leadership. In reality, God trained David. What did he teach him? He trained him that. Uh, that sheep bite Goats get lost Lions and bears can be vicious The entire time David is telling Saul Give me the job of fighting the giant I want a shot at him I want a crack at him And the more he talks about it The bolder he gets At first David says Somebody needs to fight that giant and Then he says I need to fight that giant And Then all of a sudden his tune changes He gets so bold he said I'll kill that giant there's one of those, I think Sandlocked, the movie where the little boys were trying to train a young guy to become a, a real boy in the community. And they said, he said, You've got to learn to talk tough to people. You've got to talk rough to people. You've got to be straight to them. you got to tell them what you think. And you're getting a hockey game, I believe it is. And the little kid starts yelling at the referee and calling him names and things of that nature. And they said, we'll, we'll pick another target. Uh, so sometimes you need to pick another target. But David was ready. He said, I'll kill that giant. The fight is not fair It's not David against Goliath Or uh, Goliath against David The fight is Goliath against David And David's God It's one thing to say Somebody needs to do something Or I need to do something But it's entirely different When somebody does something See nothing is done Until somebody does something Amen And you don't have to be the best And you don't have to be the greatest let me share with you my calling into the ministry. Now, first of all, I get saved. There's a story before that story, but I get saved. And I'm, I'm, I'm about 17 when I accept Christ. I'm just, I just turned 18. And they had one of those things that they used to have in churches. It had to be a had to come from the devil. I, I, just, I just believe that. It's called the church vote. Where you vote for all the positions in church All of them Now I don't know about you But I found out a lot time, long time ago That the devil can be the most popular guy in the room I shouldn't have said that had I? Have mercy on me Lord. So they came to me after the vote And they said Bruce We need you to do something for us What's that? We need you to teach the senior adult men's class 18 years old And I looked at the pastor With all the respect in the world And I said Have you lost your ever loving mind? What do you mean you want me to teach the senior adult men? They had six of them Nobody wanted to teach them I didn't know that I'm new to all this I said give me one reason why I should teach that class Be careful when you say something like that He looked at me and said okay I said well let me have it He said nobody else will teach them So I accept the class One year later we're running 80 in the class now that ought to tell somebody there's a gift of a, a, a a attraction or something I mean church growth, Sunday school growth Seems like it would go hand in hand So we got 80 in there and I, and, and I feel a calling on my life And I go to the pastor and I said I feel like I'm called And he said well I don't know about that I Said, But we'll let the church decide They put me and three other guys on the front row of the church One night at church And he said one of these guys thinks that he's got a calling on his life Thinks he's got a calling on his life What about those 80 people I put in your Sunday school room Have mercy on me and forgive me Father. Shouldn't feel like that What, What about that? So they take a vote And guess who gets the most votes? I did But guess who got the second most? Not me. Or the third most, nope, my own church didn't have confidence in me. But they don't know everything because they. I'm the same guy that went to that church with 24 people and it became the largest church in the community and averaged 18% of the population every Sunday in a worship service. I'm that same guy. What are you saying? Don't worry about it when other people don't have confidence in you as long as you and God can work it out and you get the support of the right people that will help your vision become a reality. Let me fight this giant What? Here's what David realized. He realized that God gets glory out of using nobodies. They gave me that application you get when you're entering the ministry in the church of God. And on one of those lines, it would say, it used to read, how do you know you've been called to preach? Now, I don't know if you know this or not, but I am from South Carolina, born in Latta, South Carolina, down in the PDs, and thus my, my roots are country boy. And so they asked me that question, how do you know that you've been called into the ministry and called to preach? And I, sw- I wrote what any country boy would say. I said, how does a dog know he's tied to a tree? can't get away from it. I thought it was a good answer too you're not going to believe this they rejected me but the church of God's good they'll give you a second chance they gave me another application had the same question on how you know you're calling a minister to preach hadn't changed my mind any how a dog know he's tied to a tree can't get her you're not gonna, they rejected me a second time But they gave me another application. As long as they make paper, I'm, I'm in good shape. Same question, I answered the same way. Third, they had problems understanding things. Third time, they rejected me. The fourth time with that application. I love senior ministers, I love them. They have blessed me and helped me get to where I'm at today one of them said son let me help you and I'm sort of paraphrasing it but this is basically what he wrote on that line for me all I can tell you is that I have a burning desire to preach the word of God there's times I can't eat or sleep or get away from it no matter how hard I try he said now what do you think about that right there son I looked at him and I said it sounds a lot like a dog (laughs) Tied to a tree and can't get away from it. They accepted his answer. I've been offended about that ever since. It's therapeutic for me to put that in my sermon. But the deal is, it doesn't matter. I got my credentials, I pastored that church grew from 24 to almost 700 so let God receive the glory. See God takes nobodies and he makes somebody's out of him and what he's done for me he'll also do for you. What I just told you is you have a three time reject as a state overseer. So David's interviewing for a job again God's prepared David all of his life for this. David told Saul God prophesied over me That I'd kill giants When I was killing lions and bears And be honest with you David had killed lions, bears, giants Half of the NFL right there He was wiping them all out Takes a sport fan to get that one Saul Told David that the giant Had been a warrior all of his life But it doesn't change the fact Somebody got to kill that giant David said What a coincidence Me too I've been a warrior all my life too. In fact, I'm undefeated also. Now we got two undefeated champions. Let us get out there and settle not who the champion is, but whose God is the real God. Hmm. Saul reluctantly, nod, nod, wink, wink. Saul reluctantly gave into David's request fight the giant well your trials are not for your destruction they are for your perfection God's not out to destroy you he's out to perfect you we see that in Joseph's life the pit was not for Joseph's destruction it was for his perfection the trial with Potiphar's wife was not for his destruction it was for his perfection the prison was not for his destruction It was for his perfection Being forgotten in prison Was not for his destruction it was, being, it was for his perfection And all of a sudden Joseph found himself in the palace Second only to Pharaoh in all of Egypt What are you saying? At the lowest point in his life Joseph got his breakthrough This may be the lowest point of your life with that that you're dealing with, and today may be your breakthrough. And with Joseph, it happened like that at one time. There was a season, and then it happened. So now we got David and Goliath. As David, and this is the battle. I've been. I did not get to share the battle today. You know, earlier, the early service, I did not get to share the battle. It would have taken too long. How many of you can give me five minutes right here to share this battle? Can you, there's five, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 30. We're good, Pastor. As David went towards the giant, the giant, the bully came towards David. For 40 days he had bullied Israel. Can you imagine his shock when he couldn't intimidate David? The giant said, Am I a dog that you'd come at me with a stick? Go home and study that word dog. We won't talk about it here. And he cursed David by his gods. Remember God's promise to Abraham, I will bless those who blesses you, and I'll curse those who curse you. The giant said, I'll give your flesh to the fowls of the air and the beasts of the field. David replied, not being intimidated like all the others, thou comest to me with the sword and with the spear but I come to thee in the name of the Lord this day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand and I will smite thee and take thy head from thee David took it a step further He didn't just end with I'll kill you and the giant said I'll kill you. He said I'll take your head off. Do you understand what David is implying there? What he's telling him is I'll make a trophy out of you just like I made a trophy out of that lion that is head's on my wall and just like I made a trophy out of that bear whose head's on my wall. Before this day is over, I will make a trophy on you and I will hang your head on the wall and everybody will know that there is a God in heaven And that you were nothing to be compared with him. Now we got a fight. We got a fight going on. I can see it now. Now we learned something in chapter sixteen. I may may try to go over there and touch on it in just in just a second here. But let me lay the foundation. I can hear David as he approaches the giant with sling and stone in his hand. This here's. This is for the note writers. Get ready in a second. I'm going to give you a note, okay? Uh, He's going out to fight the giant, and I can hear him as he says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures, He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in paths righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And then he ends it with this right here. All the earth shall know that there is a God in Israel. Now why did I share that scripture and why do I believe that David did that? Because here's what David learned over in the 16th chapter. When, when God told the prophet who was in a state of depression I'm going to pick the next king of Israel the, king, the prophet gets excited and God says get the horn fill it with oil he knows Pentecost is about to take place whoop I can see the prophet now whoop praise the Lord and then all of a sudden he comes to his carnal senses and he looks at he, he speaks out to God and he says we have a king his name is Saul he's territorial if he finds out what I'm up to he will kill me he will execute me as being a traitor and I, I, I don't know how to handle that and God told him said prophet get your heifer it's talking about a cow it is it's talking about a cow you guys are going to get in trouble and I don't have time for marital counseling there's a couple of you I'm concerned about right now he said and take that cow with you down to Bethlehem when you get Jesse and them around have a worship service. Now, for the note taker, here you go. Your worship will blind your enemy. You understand something. When they get up here singing before you, there's a reason why it's called praise and worship and the best thing we can do is get with them and worship if we've got an enemy because it will blind him and he will not know what God is about to do for us David knew that worship blinds your enemy so we get back We get back To my son He's gone back out into the world Those are some of the hardest days Of our life Don't wish that upon my worst enemy If I have got one But he's riding down the road In the back of a vehicle With his buddies That follow the grateful dead And he's on interstate 95 northbound And there's marijuana smoke in the car And they're all high You know they're high because they missed every exit off 95 To take them to Myrtle Beach That's your first sign And all of a sudden riding down that road God spoke And God said Eric He's in the back sleeping This is your day You're not promised another day I may never Speak to you again I may never draw you to me Like I'm doing today again Today is your day And all of a sudden Eric sat up In that vehicle and he told those boys Stop the automobile God just spoke to me When he told them that They said lay down sleep it off You just got some bad drugs He said, it's not bad drugs. He said, I was raised in a Pentecostal church. He said, I was raised in a Pentecostal home. He said, my mother and my father are Pentecostal. I've seen God move. I've heard the things of God. I know when it's God, and this is God. Stop the car and let me out. They let him out. Took his little box about this side that he carried his belongings with him as he traveled across the country with these boys. Took it took it with him. I should have brought the church that he wore home. It's hanging in my closet, it reminded me every day how God brought my son back home. Holes all over. Paper thin. he called my mother he said grandma he said come and pick me up she was so sympathetic she said you gonna serve Jesus (laughs) he said I'm going to serve Jesus and sitting here beside the interstate I've repented of my sins and asked Jesus to come back into my heart She's 50 miles away. She made it in 30 minutes is what they say. She told him, I'm on my way, boy. She went down Interstate 95 southbound. My my nephew and one of his buddies rode with her. He said the automobile never came under 80 miles per hour and he doesn't know how many miles over 100 miles an hour at wind now can you imagine a grandma going down the interstate at 100 miles an hour blowing by you and you're thinking what is that woman going to do but she's going to pick up her grandson that has been out in the world and out in sin for some time now and she spots him in the parking lot two witnesses to this. She went across that parking lot, slid sideways up to my son, had my nephew to open the door. She said, get in boy, I'm taking you home. He hopped in and my mother brought our son back home to us. I'm telling you, when God gives you a promise, hold on. He's going to make that promise reality. That that seemed impossible will become a reality. That that nobody else believes in, God will make it happen. For you, I don't care what's not happening for others, it doesn't mean that applies to you, it's you and God. And if He's made you a promise, He's going to keep that promise, He's going to see you through. Would you stand at this time? At a moment's time, it can change. Our other son. I have to be careful how I say some of this about our other son you think the oldest one was out there the phone rang at our home one of our members was on the other the line speaking to Wanda she said Wanda is Travis home one said yes he's here he's here at the house she was a detective and she said I was standing in the office here and I heard I think it was U.S. Marshals S.B.I., several other law enforcement agencies say let's go to Landis and pick up that Rabin boy And she said, when they said Landis and Rabin, I said, What Rabin boy in Landis? And they said, Travis Rabin. She said, That's my pastor's son. They said, we're, We've had the house case for three days. It's surrounded, and we're going to bring him in. She said, If you'll give me a chance. She said I'll call him he'll come in You won't have to go get him She loved him like a son She said he'll come She told Wanda "said let me speak to him And she said Travis Look on every side of your house Those black automobiles Are not just people casually parking there they've had that house case for three days they are there to pick you up and bring you back and they're about to bring you back and if you try to run they're going to kill you he said I won't run they let him get in his automobile when they left their house headed toward the sheriff's department where he was going to be interrogated it looked like a funeral procession to line with so long law enforcement escorting him in. Raised in a parsonage. I'm trying to weigh my words I've spoken with attorneys and I have to be careful with some of it we don't want to relive the past they wanted information from him he said oh by the way dad he said you know the way they cuss and throw chairs against a wall on television or whatever I said well I don't watch movies like that but I understand what you're talking about he said they really do it they really do it I said you mean they threw chairs against the wall he said tables too they said we want to know who and they told him what they wanted and he said I don't rat on my friends they looked at him they walked in the room and, after interrogating him for some time and they said well we really don't care it doesn't matter with us who does it but somebody's going to spend at least 20 years over this in prison he said well now if you would have explained yourself when you first started talking with me he said we could have resolved this a long time ago (laughs) he said I believe I can tell you what you want to know now that I understand what you mean and because at the right time remember we mentioned time at the right spot God had someone there he was found innocent and didn't go to prison he gave his heart to the Lord guess what his job was in church he's an excellent shot in fact after 20 years when he finally could get his concealed weapons permit He didn't shoot it like all the others standing there. They made him run backwards and shoot at the target. And he hit the target in the center every time. So his job was to sit behind the pastor. At 100 yards, he hit a frying pan with a pistol. And that pastor said, if anybody comes in the room, I want that young man protecting me. God can change your situation in a moment's time would you bow your head would you pray Father I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that there's some hurting here and I know Father not only are there some hurting here there's some living on the edge and I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you spoke to them today Father I know father, I know I know your I know your spirit when it's working. And I know you spoke to them. I know some young people you spoke to. I know some seniors you've spoken with. Meet the need, oh God, I pray. They have some giants that they're facing. Between me, you and God no one else's business are there some giants you're facing are there some trials here's what i found when God's getting ready to bless you can rest assured the devil will try to make a mess and maybe you're going through it right now but I'm here to tell you that today God is ready to meet your need and give you victory over your giants is there is there one that would say I have giants that I'm facing and I need God's help? God bless that one. God bless that one. God bless that one and that one and that one and that one. That one and 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 that one that one That one That one I want to give you I want to give you an invitation to just come and spend some time in the altar and I'll pray with you if you come down but at the same time I'll put no pressure on you I will pray over you but then those that want to want to come to the altar i Open it up and extend you the invitation. I'm going to pray, and while I'm praying for those that lifted the hand, if you're one that wants to come down to the altar, I welcome it. I encourage it. Father in heaven, in the name of Jesus Christ, we call out to you. You see the hands that have been lifted, Father. They were lifted from one side of this room to the other side, they were lifted from the front to the back. You have people that are fighting giants, facing giants. You have people that need victory. They're tired of having to fight this fight, and they've been waiting on you to intervene on their behalf. And I believe that today is their day. In Jesus' name, I ask, meet the need of every hand, son, daughter, finances, health, miracle, blessing, deliverance, Marriage, divorce, whatever the case may be, Father. Opportunity for a promotion, whatever it is, Father. I ask that you would meet that need today and let them come back to this church and tell Pastor, God intervened on my behalf and it started in that service. I prayed for those that lifted the hands or any of those that want to come to the altar. I give you an invitation.